Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, August 3rd, and we start with local news. Columbia Fire and Rescue responded at approximately 1.40 a.m. on Wednesday, August 2nd to a residential structure fire located at 1119 Woodland Street. Upon arrival, crews found heavy smoke and flames coming from the home and fire spreading to nearby structures. Firefighters immediately began working to successfully extinguish the blaze. The burning home was unoccupied and no civilian injuries were reported. We're very thankful for the quick actions of Good Samaritans who swiftly alerted the residents in the neighboring home where the fire had spread so that she was able to escape and avoid exposure, Columbia Fire officials said in a press statement. One Columbia Fire and Rescue firefighter suffered non-threatening, non-life-threatening injuries on the scene. The firefighter was treated and released from Murray Regional Hospital. The Columbia Fire Marshal's office is currently investigating the cause of the fire. Dozens of elected officials, firefighters, and supporters gathered for the opening of the long-awaited Fire Station No. 5 in Hampshire, Tennessee, on Sunday. Murray County Fire and EMS Station 5 will replace an aging facility located in the heart of the community. Murray County Commission Chairman Eric Previtti said he has known for years that the community needed a fully functioning county-funded fire station to serve growing Hampshire. He remembers the former volunteer fire station as a shed-like structure with a fire engine wedged into the small space. This is much needed for the community, Previtti said. This is a great day for Murray County. With the commissions from 2018 to 2020, this is a piece of work former Murray County Commissioner Linda Whiteside has sought for years. This has been lifelong work to get this done for Mrs. Whiteside, he said. Linda is a great lady and honorable and wise to work with, he said. Whiteside has been working on getting a station approved for the community for almost 17 years. Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt acknowledged the planning that went into the funding and construction of the new firehouse. This family and this community has had a dream, and we are seeing the fruition of that dream today, Mayor Butt said. The most wonderful thing to me is that there there were servants in government, servants in the community, with no fanfare. They saw this spot for the new fire station. This will bring your community together, she said. Linda Whiteside talked about the importance of the station to the community at the groundbreaking ceremony in April of 2022. All communities need a good fire station, Whiteside previously stated. We are so proud of it. When we had a fire, we would just call each other, get the fire truck, and go. It has taken us a long time to get to this place. State Senator Joey Hensley and Representative Kip Capley attended the ceremony. Located at 4126 Hampshire Pike, the new station is situated on a three-acre plot of land located south of the intersection of Dry Fork Road in the center of the small rural community. The new facility cost the county approximately $1.8 million. Spring Hill City leaders rounded out the month of July by coming together to discuss and consider changes and updates which adhere more to the city's ongoing growth. The joint meeting between members of the Board of Mayor and Aldermen and the Municipal Planning Commission took place on Monday, covering an array of growth and planning-related topics. These ranged from identifying roads and other infrastructure to fire safety, design requirements, and even establishing an ordinance for trees and other plant life. 
The intent for Monday's meeting, Mayor Jim Hageman said, was to bring both boards together and discuss a multitude of updates and changes needed to maintain smart growth. We are in the driver's seat, and we are here for the best interests of the citizens of Spring Hill, the people that we serve first and foremost, Mayor Hageman said. The citizens must win first, he said. Many of Monday's topics focused on various aspects of the design process, such as what is required at a preliminary plat stage versus a final site plan. Spring Hill Development Director Peter Hughes said the city currently has 74 requirements needed during the early preliminary stages, which is about double the average of cities of similar size, population, and growth rate. We are asking too much for too much information that is not necessary or information that's being captured at another point, Hughes said. Parking requirements was another aspect discussed, specifically whether the city should implement a maximum limit on proposed developments. Hughes said this has created issues for developments such as hotels and large retail stores, which often include more parking than needed. Specifically at hotels, we've run into problems where they are having to seek parking variances or having, or they're having to put in a substantial amount of parking that isn't necessary, Hughes said. It has also created issues for other businesses and developments whose land parcels might not have enough space to meet the minimum requirement for parking. By updating the city's parking policy, it could open new doors for future businesses, while creating a logical balance between spaces for vehicles and pedestrians alike. We have people that can't open a business because they can't provide parking that's required, and so I think there are some specific areas where we can implement this, Hughes said. There are economic benefits to it, and the biggest one that I see is when you drive past the crossings, Home Depot, or Lowe's, you don't see a sea of pavement, but a monetized area where we can see more tax dollars to help our infrastructure needs, he said. Improving public safety is another top priority for city leaders and various city departments, particularly Spring Hill Fire Department. Fire Chief Greg Temple presented a new initiative he hopes the city will implement in the coming months, one which would not only boost public fire safety awareness, but also at little cost to the city. Temple introduced the FireWise initiative, which would provide additional resources and educational materials to citizens, such as recognizing potential fire hazards around the home. We need to do a better job at educating our citizens as to what are the proper aesthetics to have around your house to cause less fire problems, quite frankly. Temple said. FireWise is a program that National Fire Association does typically on the West Coast, and what it will allow us to do is start educating the public a little more aggressively, providing them with information to build barriers around their homes, he said. Temple added that funding for the program could be made possible through grant applications, which could also include improved public work services in regard to things like brush removal. It would allow us to really push a lot of information and also tap into a lot of resources we don't have access to, and obviously, the money is there for grants, Temple said. Murray Alliance and Cowork Incorporated have partnered together to offer a 12-week boot camp led by Piton Consulting designed for entrepreneurs who are ready to take their business to the next level. The Mule Force Entrepreneur Boot Camp is a transformative program designed to equip you with the essential tools and skills necessary to propel your business to new heights. During this business development program, Piton Coaching will guide you through a thought-provoking journey that will help you grow your business from infancy to expansion. By the end of the program, you will have the tools you need to become a more efficient and effective business owner with greater levels of impact and influence. To learn more about it, go to murrayalliance.com forward slash mulefors to 
Apply and learn more information. Yesterday, Spiro Health opened their doors on Hatcher Lane in Columbia to assist those who need outpatient addiction treatment. WKOM WKRM's Delk Kennedy attended the ribbon cutting to learn more about the services offered by Spiro Health. This is Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, I'm at Spiro Health, which is located right here in Columbia on Hatcher Lane. They're having their grand opening and ribbon cutting. Their mission, as they state here on the wall, is saving lives, instilling hope, and restoring relationships. We're speaking with Ed Littlejohn, who is the Chief Operating Officer of Spiro Health. Ed, congratulations. Well, thank you so much, Delk. I really appreciate you making time to come and talk with me and being out here. We are really focused on making sure that we can help our community right here in Columbia get the services that they need. So what we do is we do outpatient addiction treatment on an outpatient basis. And uh, we have a physician who uh, is here to take care of our patients as well as counselors. And we're here to just really help them in their recovery journey. Now, if people want to access your services, uh, outpatient addiction treatment, do they need to be referred by a doctor or do they come straight here? They can come straight here. They can call us. We're on you know, Google. They can look for us. We can come straight here. Don't need an appointment. Just show up and we can take care of them. Appointments are always helpful, but not required and not needed. And there is no need for a referral from a physician. Now, uh, for more information about Sparrow Health, where do people go? All right. Um, you can go to www.sparrowhealth.com, and uh, that website shares all of the details about all of our locations, which we actually have 90-plus locations in six states, um, many right here in Tennessee besides Columbia as well. But um, we want to make sure that they can get the services that they need. So if they're in outlying areas, places may be a little closer than where they need, we're always available and always helpful. And we also provide telehealth services as well so that if a patient may be a little farther than, um, you know, where they you know, can actually get here on a regular basis, we can help out through telehealth services as well. All right. Talk about your days and hours here at your Hatcher Lane location. Yeah. So we uh, provide, uh, we're here all the time. I mean, I'll say that um, because uh, appointments aren't necessary, but we try to make sure that obviously our physician is prepared and we have patients that are um, available to be seen. But we also have a network of physicians and counselors that even if they come here, we can see them uh, in a, uh, on a telehealth service. So it's really Monday through Friday, you know, 9, nine to 5, or 8.30 to 5.30. Um, but we also have some evening hours, and that is um, based on what patients may need. So we can provide support on evening, morning, throughout the day, telehealth, or in person. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, again, Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. I'm at the grand opening and ribbon cutting for Spiro Health here on Hatcher Lane in Columbia, Tennessee. Ed, congratulations. Thank you so much, Delk. Have a great day. Thank you. The Columbia Daily Herald won first place in two categories for the second consecutive year at the Tennessee Press Association Awards Luncheon on July 21st. For the second year, the Daily Herald took home for two first-place awards for Best Single Feature and Best News Reporting in its division. Stories focused on rural farming and land loss in Tennessee, featuring Kettle Mills Farm, as well as growth and character preservation in Murray County, focusing on the Campbell Farm in Spring Hill. 
Editor Carrie Bartlett accepted the awards presented by Randy Boyd, president of the University of Tennessee, which has been sponsoring the awards for over 80 years. The recent accolades add to the recognition the paper earned last year when the Daily Herald won five first-place awards in its division, including Best Education Reporting, Best News Reporting, Best Single Feature, Best Digital Presentation, and Best Feature Photograph. Each year, reciprocal judging is done with another state's association. This year, the Virginia Press Association judged 1,077 entries from 71 of the Tennessee Press Association's 131 member newspapers. The University of Tennessee System and TPA gave top honors to newspapers across the state during the annual Tennessee State Press Contest Awards luncheon held at the Embassy Suites Hotel in Franklin. The UT System has been co-sponsoring this event since 1940. The Tennessee Press Association Newspaper Contest celebrates excellence in all areas of journalism, including reporting, writing, photography, and more. Robin Gentile, TPA Member Services Manager, said. Points were awarded for each entry, and general excellence honors were based on the newspaper's total points in their division. News organizations have an increasingly difficult responsibility to tell the stories that impact our lives, the good and sometimes the not-so-good, Boyd said. We are fortunate in Tennessee to have outstanding reporters, photographers, and designers who work with great enthusiasm and a genuine commitment to public accountability. And I truly appreciate the high standards you hold for yourselves in reporting in a fair and ethical manner, he said. What started as a hobby in a garage became a business whose customer base now stretches globally for Bradley Mountain, which just planted its new roots in Columbia to begin an exciting new chapter. Husband and wife duo Tyler and Megan Axtell, owners of retailer coffee shop Bradley Mountain, are set to open Friday as the newest business in the Columbia Arts District, located at 1202 South Garden Street. Specializing in handmade fine leather goods, Bradley Mountain brings a mix of fashion, home decor, as well as gourmet coffee. I'd always dreamed of adding a retail side to our headquarters, and this was just the perfect building with these old beams and vaulted ceilings, Tyler said. It was a really fun place to design around. We want people to come in here and be amazed because I really like old industrial buildings and have always wanted to work in designing with one. We wanted to really embrace the character of this place and our craft, which is long-lasting and has that timelessness feel, he said. With its outdoor deck and coffee bar, which also provides an assortment of craft beers and charcuterie board options, Bradley Mountain is also a spot which promotes social gathering, much like its fellow South Garden Street businesses like Mama Mila's, Battleground South Cigar Lounge, and the Rowan Company building. While the brick-and-mortar business is brand new, Bradley Mountain was originally founded more than a decade ago, primarily serving as an online retailer. The Axtells, who hail from California, chose Tennessee to bring the business into a more tangible space, while also growing its inventory and what it can offer customers. Tennessee was also a place they felt a great opportunity to follow a dream while building friendships within a new community, one that appreciates good quality and tradition. We ship just to about every country, places like Japan, Australia, or Italy, where people really appreciate this old-time kind of heritage feel. That's the same in Tennessee, where people really seem to understand what we do, Tyler said. It's kind of the buy-it-once-keep-it-forever kind of mindset. Bradley Mountain recently hosted a soft opening, which Tyler said was pretty much only promoted by word of mouth. The event drew nearly 300 visitors and about 100 transactions, he said, while also setting the stage for a first Friday opening weekend coming up tomorrow. 
In addition, the Axtells are excited to be part of the Arts District as the area continues to grow and shape its own identity. We love being part of the Arts District, and that is, and that this is the area the city cares a lot about, Tyler said. We are really excited that people are about this area, that they are actually giving territory to small businesses, places to eat, and for people to hang out. We love that. Love the culture of the South because this is something you really don't get on the West Coast, he said. Customers who visit Bradley Mountain can also get a first-hand look at how each bag or jacket is made, as the store's workshop is displayed in full view through large windows in the main room. You can come in, have a beer or coffee, and see how the bags are made, Tyler said. I think one day having classes or a paid experience where you can come in, have a cocktail, and maybe learn about leather making are the kinds of events we might want to do one day, he said. But for now, the Axtells are looking to find their footing in Columbia, meet new customers, and have Bradley Mountain be yet another unique piece, albeit a fine leathery one, of the Arts District patchwork continually being added to for young artists, entrepreneurs, and dreamers with a vision. We're excited and really hope people take the time to find us because once you know we're here, it's an easy stop, Tyler said. Friday's grand opening will be from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. and will feature food, drinks, and coffee, as well as live music by New Orleans Street Jazz Band, the Mudbug Stompers, starting at 6.30 p.m. on the outdoor deck. For more information or to check out Bradley Mountain's inventory and shop online, visit www.bradleymountain.com. Columbia State Community College's Prior Art Gallery will feature the exhibition Anna Marie Pavlik, Traces of Our National Parks. The exhibition, which includes prints inspired by various national parks, will be open to the public from August 16th until September 22nd. With the spirit of an explorer, Anna Marie spends time at our national parks, said Lisa Hoffman, Prior Art Gallery curator. Courageously venturing alone, either by foot or canoe, she, she sojourns with nature even at times when it is at odds with her. In one park, the staff had labeled her a lost artist when she was unable to paddle back to her campsite and she had paddled dangerously close to Mexico all night. Anna Marie Pavlik, a printmaker from Frankfort, Kentucky, will feature about 30 beautiful prints she created from her work as an artist in residence at various national parks. She has a bachelor's degree in both mechanical engineering and studio arts and holds a patent for a wire gripping device from her time at 3M Corporation. Pavlik became more involved with art and joined Flatbed Press in Austin, Texas. Through intricate printmaking, she addresses her concern for the survival of natural areas and humanity's relationship with the natural environment. Pavlik has been featured in various exhibitions, public collections, and publications, as well as holds affiliations with more than 10 galleries. The exhibition is free and open to the public. The prior art gallery is in the Wayman L. Hickman building on the Columbia campus, located at 1665 Hampshire Pike, and is open Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., and Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. The opening reception, which is also free and open to the public, will be August 31st from 5 to 7 p.m. Pavlik will be in attendance as a special guest and speaker at the reception. For additional information about this exhibition, please visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash prior gallery or on Facebook at Columbia State PAG. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have thunderstorms today, especially early. The high will be near 85 degrees with winds out of the west-southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. The chance of rain, 100%. 1 to 2 inches are expected. 
Tonight, we can expect variable clouds with scattered thunderstorms. The low will be 71 degrees with light and variable winds. The chance of overnight rain, 60%. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help, gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family, And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But Family First wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. This is Bob Kessling with Pat Ryan. It's a beautiful day for digging. 
The backhoe operator has the engine running and is moving into position. He's heading for the ground. He's in there. Wait, there's a flag on the play. Let's get out of the field for the call from our official. Illegal procedure on the digging team. Oh, that penalty could cause a costly accident. That's right, Bob. He needs to call before he digs. There's underground utility lines that could be hiding just below the surface. Water, sewer, electrical, communication lines, and even natural gas. Avoid a penalty by first calling 811 to have any underground public utility lines located and marked with flags or paint. It's free, it's easy, and it's the law. For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association, funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Your grocery bill will be a little smaller thanks to a sales tax holiday passed in the Tennessee legislature this year. Foregoing the grocery sales tax is estimated to cost the state $288 million in revenue and save the average family about 100 bucks. The tax holiday was included in Governor Bill Lee's Tennessee Works Tax Act, which also cut taxes for small businesses and made several changes to the state's tax laws. Tennessee is one of 13 states that still imposes a sales tax on groceries. The holiday began August 1st and will continue for the next three months through October 31st. The tax holiday applies to, quote, food and food ingredients that are sold to be ingested or chewed by humans and are consumed for their taste or nutritional value, unquote. That includes substances that are liquid, concentrated, solid, frozen, dried, and dehydrated. There are some exceptions to the holiday. Those include alcoholic beverages, tobacco, candy, and dietary supplements. Tennessee has the sixth highest grocery sales tax in the nation, a 4% state tax in addition to local sales tax. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Three, two, one. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. And now our final story. Looking for one of the best steakhouses in the South? Southern Living says there's not one, but two in Nashville. Sperry's Restaurant in Belmede was named the fifth most legendary steakhouse 
in the magazine's list. Opened in 1974 by brothers Houston and Dick Thomas and named for their great-grandfather, Burton W. Sperry, the restaurant is now run by Houston's son, Al, and his wife, Trish. The steaks are sensational, but the restaurant is also known for its legendary salad bar, rumored to be the first in Nashville with its homemade dressings like Green Goddess, French, Thousand Island, and Old Fashioned Blue Cheese, the magazine said. If you want to dine like royalty, this is the place. Prince William once made a visit in the early 2000s, the magazine said. Brad Paisley once took John Fogarty and Mick Jagger there to eat. Jimmy Kelly's Steakhouse on Louise Avenue also made the list. Founded in 1934, the restaurant opened amid the Great Depression and just one year removed from the repeal of Prohibition. John Kelly made a promise to himself and his diners, the restaurant says on its website. Simply put, he would serve a great steak, a generous portion of whiskey, and ensure the service was always attentive. According to Southern Living, the third generation of Kellys are still making good on that promise. Housed in a grand southern mansion, you'll be wowed by the restaurant's exterior and continue to be awed by the rich ruby and gold interiors, the magazine said. Steaks here are hand-cut by an in-house butcher and aged for a minimum of 28 days. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.